What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 77. We're continuing to walk through the book of Matthew, and today we're covering the first half of chapter six. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Okay, so we just ended with chapter 5 where Jesus was talking about um, it is written this way in the law and you think you're obeying these laws, but it's really more about the heart, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about the minimum that you can do to just get by and just to check the, I did this in the law off the list, but it's about the motivation behind why you're doing what you're doing. So now we're going to enter into chapter 6 and I think we kind of change paces just a little bit here. Yeah, I feel like it almost goes like conversation wise, like we have a little bit more of like Jesus giving directive, but then it seems like it's more conversational instead uh-huh. of Jesus like teaching and he's continuing to teach, but he's allowing kind of more of the disciples, it seems like to have dialogue back mm-hmm. and ask questions and stuff like that, which is quite cool if you think about yeah. it, like sitting there with Jesus being like, what do I want to ask? I know, him? I know. I don't know if I would have been like, so like awestruck that I wouldn't know what to say or if I would just like word vomit all these questions probably (laughs) that probably that like after the initial oh my goodness you know your god wrapped in flesh I would be like okay so let me ask you all the things (laughs) (laughs) the girls the other day they asked me a question about god or heaven or something like that and I was like I don't know you're just gonna have to ask them when you get there and they're like what and I was like, you can just ask God your questions when we get there. I'm like, no, we're not allowed to we do can that. actually do that? <laughs> what? I was like, I know, mind blown. But then I think about it and I'm like, I've always thought this. I've always thought I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven, yada, yada, yada. And then I'm like, I don't think I'm going to care. It probably won't matter. Like, I think we're just going to be like worshiping and praising God for who he is. And like, I don't think it's going to matter yeah. anymore. So chapter six, verses one through four, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees you in secret secret will reward you. So Jonathan made this comment the other day and it really struck me. And I think he was trying to be funny because he (laughs) thinks he's funny, but, but like it was super convicting to me. He said, really, if worship isn't on Instagram, did it even happen? Cause he was, he was scrolling through his stories and there was a specific event that happened in like everybody was posting like videos of the worship and stuff and not that that's a bad thing but I feel like with social media um we tend to want to have our acts of kindness seen by thousands in a matter of minutes Mm -hmm. and so this goes back to what we talked about like on the series um our gifts is glory about whether our motivation will be Mm -hmm. 100% pure ever and I don't think they will be because we're sinners but it's still good to look internally and think about our heart posture. So I think a good question to ask is, would I still do this even if I couldn't take any pictures or post mm. them on social media? Mm. Yeah. Like, would I still be 
be doing this act of kindness or worshiping in this way with my hands lifted and, you know, mm-hmm. all of this stuff? Or am I doing it just to be seen and just so people will think I'm a good person? And um, back in the spring, I actually heard Jamie Ivey talk about this a little bit. She took a um, like a fast from Instagram for Lent and she was talking about how she took way less pictures mm-hmm. during Lent because she wasn't posting them on Instagram. And she was talking about how it was a good heart check for her. She's like, wait a second. Why am I taking pictures? Why am I taking pictures of my kids and my family and all this stuff? Is it so the world can see it or is it truly because I, I want those memories. I want those pictures. Yeah. And so I try to think about that a lot. Just what's my motivation behind this? Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to go and post it all over social media or would I do this anyway? And it's a fine line. It's such a fine line because I think that our lives can reflect Jesus. And if God's given you any sort of platform, then I think that it's you can use that for good. But like Jesus was talking about in chapter five, it has so much to do with, with your heart behind it. Right. Right. I think that's a really good point. And this, this passage and the next um, few verses that we're going to look at, there's a really good story in the Jesus storybook Bible about this that I feel like helped explain. Cause my girls, as we were talking about this part of Matthew, they were like, I don't understand. Like, why would you not want people to see you doing yeah. good things? Or yeah. why would you not want people to see you praying? And so it came back to the same thing. So I think sometimes like Casey had mentioned a couple episodes ago, like when we have to explain it to our kids, it shows us like how to really explain it yes. to understand uh-huh. it yeah. instead of just read it. Like you have to, if you can explain it to a five-year-old, then it, you know, if you can break it down that way, then you're, you're more likely to understand it. And it just in the storybook Bible, it talks about how like like Casey's saying their motivation but even more so not just motivation but the way you're doing it so like not just why you're doing it but the way you do it does that make sense like Uh so I think can think of examples like if you're serving at church are you would you be as happy and smiley if no one could see you you know what I'm saying Uh or if the person wasn't coming around taking pictures kind of like what you're saying and I think it's Casey's making a good point of it's it's a it's a good reminder but don't also let that stop you from walking in righteousness just because you're thinking oh well am I doing this for Mm -hmm. the wrong reasons yeah just pray it was on one of the past episodes I don't remember who said it but they said like realize that like if you are doing it for like um selfish or sinful reasons like realize that repent of it and move on like keep walking in that obedience and realize that okay maybe I didn't do this for that reason I'm sorry Lord like purify my heart through this realization and continue to sanctify me yeah that's good Um, Um, So if we're not giving to the needy for Instagram purposes or for kudos from others, (laughs) then why would we give? And so um, the first reason is because Jesus said to, period. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we don't understand things, but we can look at the Bible and we can say, oh, Jesus said to do this. I need to be obedient. Okay. And number two, because once again, we are supposed to be striving to live like Jesus did. And he cared for the least of these. Mm -hmm. Like we see it all over um the new testament when we're looking at jesus's life like he cared for the poor and the needy and the the hurt and the sick and like he cared for those people and so we should too so he said to and he showed us how to yeah it's good don't need more than that 
So verses five through seven, it says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need even before you ask him. So we've seen the word hypocrites a few times. Now we saw it in that first section and we see it again. And um, a good way to translate hypocrites means performers. And so people that are doing things like to be on display and to be in front of people and kind of, I mean, when you think about a play and a performance, like you're not being yourself in that play, you're being someone else. So that's a good way to think of a hypocrite, like someone that's pretending to be something they're not. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you see here several times um, where Jesus said they've received the reward. They've received the reward. And it's like, well, what's the reward? The reward he was for referring to was the praise of man. Mm-hmm. And that's all you'll get. Like when you're acting this way, like the only thing you are to expect, the only reward you'll get is is the praise of man. Is that And is that really what we should be living for? Right. Like, right. I think, yeah. And that comes back to the same thing as motivation. You're ro- you're getting what you're motivated by. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you're motivated by men or, mm-hmm. you know, not men specifically, but people, people. seeing mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And so then your reward is people, people seeing, seeing you. you. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you're getting your reward, but how cheap is that? And how short lived is that? Right. And then it just creates more of a desire for more of that mm-hmm. and more applause and more attention versus something that's kingdom minded. Like he says, and you, your father sees you and he, you know, he is the one who has a reward and that's eternally focused Eternal so value. instead of like yep. short lived. It's long, mm-hmm. <laughs> like very long forever lived. and yeah. ever, which I can't even wrap my mind yeah. around. But yeah. 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 Um, and it's easy to think here that Jesus is contradicting what he had said earlier in chapter five about like not hiding your light because now he's like hide your light you know Mm -hmm. it feels like he's saying go in secret now and before he said don't hide your light so um there he was referring to being a coward he was saying don't be a coward shine your light but here he's talking about pride he's saying Uh, if you're being proud then maybe you should go in secret so i like how jen wilkins she said there's a question that we can kind of ask ourselves to kind of see where our heart lies and she said and this is a struggle for me like i think this is a good talking point she said um we should do okay what we should do is show when we're tempted to hide and hide when we're tempted to show Ah. so kind of go against whatever you feel like you want to do do the opposite and that's hard because I'm like well what if I do have pure motives and like you know and I think you know that I think you can look internally and see that um but I thought this would be a good place like for maybe an example Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of like an example of a time that maybe you're tempted to go in secret and that's a time that you need to to show the world or Mm -hmm. vice versa and I think one one example for me was I've mentioned on here before, but Jonathan and I have been um, going to counseling for a while. It started out for my anxiety, and now it's turned into just really general life slash marriage counseling. And 
for me, that's something that, especially initially, I mean, all my close friends knew I was going and stuff, but initially like that's something that I didn't want to like put out like Mm -hmm. publicly, publicly that we were doing because there's so much stigma that goes with that. And so finally I did, I kind of just pushed against that and went against my initial thoughts and the response was mm-hmm. overwhelming. Like, I could not believe how many people reached out to me, both in comments and in private messages with like, I'm so glad you shared this. Can you help me find someone? Can you give me resources? I'm struggling with anxiety too. Like, all of this stuff. So I'm like, you know, I'm really glad that I went against what yeah. what my heart was initially saying to like, oh no, Casey, like, that's a private thing. You need mm-hmm. to keep that in secret. I went and I put that in the light. And and because of it, I think other people are um, are able to to kind of um, work on those those mental and emotional things that they might not have before. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any good examples? That's a really good example. I think that the thing that makes that a really good example is that it takes showing your weakness. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. So I think anytime we yeah. we're tempted to hide, it's probably because of pride or right. because of. Yeah displaying mm-hmm. a weakness but yeah. like we see all throughout scripture like God takes our weaknesses to show his strengths mm-hmm. and so I think that's that's maybe a good yeah. checkpoint when you're thinking uh-huh. about it too I was trying to think of a, an example on the opposite side like of when we should actually hide, hide when we're it. tempted to yeah. show and I, I couldn't think of a specific one except just like social media like I think that one's probably like the biggest struggle for me where I'm like oh I really think someone would be blessed by this I want to share this I'm like do I really think someone would be blessed by this or do I think I would be blessed by someone seeing that Mm I made this connection in scripture or something like that yeah so I think I mean social media is already really tricky in what to post and how to post and all that kind of stuff anyway but that's the only example I could really think of on the other side of that that's really good so when we see in secret, I loved this. It's referring to God's omniscience. Mm. And it's saying that like, yeah, you're in secret from everyone else, but you're really never really in right. secret from God. Like he's everywhere and he sees everything. He sees our heart motives. Like he sees everything. Um, so it's just that question once again, who are we living for and who are we trying to please? Because like God sees everything. And Jesus was not only teaching them how to pray, but I thought this was interesting that he also modeled um, what we're about to see. He modeled this in Matthew 26 when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to see that the way Jesus is instructing the disciples to pray, it's this bouncing back and forth between praise and petition, praise and petition, because when we see God rightly for who he is, that kind of naturally leads to this confession and Mm -hmm. this petition. Um, Another thing Jen Wilkins said, she said, God cannot be flattered, educated, convinced, or coerced. (laughs) I thought that was just a good reminder because sometimes in our prayers, I find myself like, trying to like educate God, but God, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he knows. He Let knows me just enlighten every- you here Let me for a moment. You, God. <laughs> this is how I'm feeling. And uh, this is what I really want. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So prayer change. I like this too. Prayer changes things because this is how God ordained things to change. Um, and we talk about this a little bit more on our prayer episode. So you can go back and listen to that. Um, but prayer also changes us. Mm-hmm. Um, and another 
we've got lots of good checkpoints here, but another good heart check is do the majority of my prayers happen in public or in private? Mm. So like, do I pray at church? Do I pray at women's Bible studies? Do I pray at our, you know, adorned events, but then never pray in Mm. private? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a good heart check yeah. because that's important too. like praying daily, multiple times a day. And do I pray just with my kids in the morning or like, am I praying on my own in my own time? Um, so that was a good reminder to me. Yeah. Taylor, this has nothing to do with this, but I feel like it's related. Taylor the other day was telling us all these random facts about like icebergs when I was trying to do school with the girls and he was saying how icebergs you always only see 10% and like 90% is under the water Uh yeah and I feel like that kind of analogy would translate well to prayer like 10% not that there's some kind of you have to really time every moment and say this is 10% I'm allowed to pray out loud but yeah that might be a good check if Mm -hmm. you're however much you're praying at those events like you should be praying 90% more More. yeah on your own yeah that's good that's good Okay, so before we jump into the Lord's Prayer, um, I thought it would be good to kind of just like touch base and remember what's happening here. Um, So like we said, we're in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is with his disciples and he's telling them how to pray, which we might think, oh yeah, that's normal. But if we think about all the things that we've talked about so far in the Sermon on the Mount, that it doesn't really just translate right next into prayer. Like it seems like... If the disciples, um, want, you know, were wanting to know, they're saying, don't do these things, don't do these things. It's about your heart and don't stand on the corners and don't do this. It seems like if the disciples would ask questions like, okay, well, how do I do miracles? Like questions that seem less obvious. Does yeah. that make sense? Uh-huh. Taylor and I were talking about this. When we were on a walk the other day and he was like, it seems like the disciples would have asked a question that would be much harder to answer. Like, okay, everybody can pray, whatever, we know that. But then I know that you're going to ask me to do miracles, Jesus. And like, how do I do yeah, that? Yeah. And we, we'll see later in Matthew that there's even a time where the disciples are trying to like cast out this demon, I think, and they're not able to do it. And they're like, Jesus, what's happening? And Jesus tells them to pray. Mm. So I think just like realizing that of utmost importance, Jesus is teaching them to pray yeah. more than what to do or you know, the steps to take, he's really teaching them how to commune with the father. And so I think that's, that's a good reminder for us before we jump in. And I, and I think this is a really good encouragement that they are even talking about this because if the disciples who are, have been spending all this time with Jesus are still like, well, how do we pray? Then it's okay for us to bring that same like confusion Mm -hmm. to God. Yeah. And so I think when we look at our own lives, I don't think there's any believer that would say like I don't believe prayer is important or I I don't prayer doesn't really matter I don't think anybody would say that but if we were to look at our own lives our lives might be saying that yeah it might be reflecting yes yeah because I think we all know that we need to pray and we understand the importance of prayer but I don't think we all feel really confident or feel like we're having like a thriving prayer life yeah or even I mean and we're going to talk about this more later but what if we've prayed and prayed and prayed and God hasn't quote unquote answered our prayers mm-hmm. then maybe we're discouraged and yeah that. and we're maybe even confused about the real um purpose right or of power prayer. of mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. really helpful that is helpful 
Um, so like Casey said, we see this bounce back and forth between praise and petition. And I was listening to a Matt Chandler sermon about this, and he made a good point that we tend to break up petition and confession, but confession actually is petition because you're asking God for forgiveness. Uh And so confession kind of, like Casey said, flows naturally out of that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to also give it its own category because sometimes we like to skip confession because it's it's not the fun part, but we'll see as Jesus goes through this, like he makes, he makes them understand that that's necessary, not just praising and asking for things, but one of those things you need to ask for is confession. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So let's start um, with verse nine. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Which is funny because if you think, I don't know if this happened for you, but this happened for me. And I was like, no, it's supposed to be our father who art in heaven. <laughs> you yeah. forgot the art yeah. in there. Where's the art? <laughs> like, it's in the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think, I mean, that's how I memorized yeah. it. Isn't that yeah. how you memorize? Mm-hmm. And that's how my girls memorized mm-hmm. it at preschool. Mm-hmm. And they always think it's funny, like the thou's and the mm-hmm. arts. And the yeah. My girls are memorizing Genesis, like, a big chunk of Genesis one right now for uh-huh. CC and it's new King James uh. and they've got a cool song. Ross King wrote a cool song to go with it, but still it's funny cause it's yeah. talking about the firmament and they're like, what's a firmament? I'm like, I don't know. I need to I Google know, what actually. a firmament is. They're like, mommy, didn't you just do a podcast on Genesis? I'm like, yeah, but oh, we did not use the out. new King James. What is it? Did you look it up? Yeah. It's kind of like the atmosphere. Oh, okay. Of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that as an answer. Yes. But back to the Lord's Prayer. Um, I think, like we mentioned, we see that we go from pray, praise and petition, and we start out with praise. And I really love this first part where it says, Our Father in Heaven. So we did an episode a long time back in the Attributes of God, which was still one of my favorite episodes where we talked about how God is infinite, mm-hmm. but He's intimate. And yes. we see that displayed really well right here. Our Father, that, that intimate and in my one of my study Bibles, it tells us that that word here that's used as father, a lot of times it's translated to mean like daddy. And while that's not necessarily like completely wrong, like father is actually the right translation because father conveys more of the like authority, but still that warmth and intimacy. And then we see how it says in heaven. So like reminding ourselves of God's right place and that he is intimate, but he is also infinite and he is Mm -hmm. on high. And so just kind of balancing those two to really encapsulate everything else we know about God like kind of falls into those categories oh, he's yeah. near mm-hmm. and he's high and yeah. he's lifted up and he's kind and he's loving and he's just and so although we're not saying all of those things about God we can see just in that first little phrase our father in heaven we're reminded of his right place and praising him for that mm-hmm. yeah yeah in the language here we see our and this Mm -hmm. is language of community and so it's symbolizing a corporate prayer so it's just a reminder that yes like we talked about you should pray in private on your own but but praying in community is also important because God created us to live in community and him himself with the trinity he lives in community Mm -hmm. and so that's important too yeah I think that's a really good point because we just talked about like not praying publicly not that you shouldn't, but right. you know what All I'm saying? Like that's what yeah. we were talking about. And yeah. I, um, I was reading about this and it was saying that Jesus didn't really talk that much about 
praying publicly because it was already done all the time. Yeah. Like in Jewish culture, mm-hmm. it was already done. They yeah. they already did that. So it was he didn't feel like he had to do as much teaching on what that looked like because it was already done. Uh-huh. And so he was saying, hey, I know you're already doing this. So when you're doing it, make sure you're doing it with the right heart. Uh-huh. And then when you go on your own, this is how to pray on your yeah. own. But I think that is a good point, reminding ourselves of the community. And where it says, how would be thy name? This part always makes me laugh because the girls always think it says Halloween. Oh, Halloween be funny. your name. I'm like, his name is not Halloween. Like, that's no, not what that says. Nothing about Halloween here. <laughs> but again, it's just reminding us like praising God for who he is. And Casey were t- and I were talking about this a little bit of how um, it's not necessarily this exact order that you have to follow every time that, or God's not going to listen to you. It's, it's not like that, but Um, we both agree that for our own personal prayer lives, we've seen a lot of growth and just, um, maturity in our prayer lives. When we are talking to God and we start with praise, it's set personally for me, like it really just sets the tone of the rest of our prayer to remind ourselves first of who God is. I mean, we say the same thing about reading scripture, right? Like at scripture, looking for God and his attributes first before we bring ourselves. And so we're not saying like, it's wrong. If you come first and you're like, Oh God, I need you for this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause there are going to be prayers like that. But we think like making a habit of praise, starting your prayer with praise has like really been a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> I started this probably about a year and a half ago. I started being really mindful of this mm-hmm. and it has, it's completely changed things because it's, it's made me focus and sometimes praising God for who he is and being reminded of who he is. Um, it, it kind it changes things. I mean, for me, sometimes it kind of puts it in perspective. I'm like, wait, what was I about to ask this amazing transcendent God for Like, is it really that important? Yeah. And it kind of, it puts things in perspective. It's like, wait, in light of who God is, does this really matter? Mm. And so sometimes it'll kind of change the whole direction of my prayer when I start by focusing on who God is yeah. and praising him for that. That's a good so, point. So yeah, it's completely, it's completely changed my prayer life. And I love that um, my girls know to pray mm-hmm. that way too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they praise God for really funny things. They're oh, like, yeah. I praise you because the grass is so green today. Uh-huh. And I'm like, It's okay. always clouds with yeah, my girls. But someday. that's because every time we drive, I'm like, look at how God <laughs> made the clouds today. They're so beautiful. Because the clouds in Texas are incredible. Yeah. And so that's yeah, usually they're pretty the awesome. Can. So, but still, I mean, it's making them focus on God's right. our creator. Right. He created this beautiful green grass or yeah. the beautiful clouds in the sky or whatever. Yeah. So, and I think just a side note before we move on right here, like as Taylor and I were talking through this this week, we kind of had this conversation about like this, this tension of like an analogy a lot of people make about prayer is, you know, think about your kids. And if they came to you, you wouldn't be like, oh, you didn't start with praise. I'm not going to listen to the rest of your prayer. Yeah. And like, obviously that's not true. Like God does not work like that. God wants us to come to him and bring our requests to him and bring our confession to him and bring our Thanksgiving to him and bring it all to him a hundred percent. But then I also think on the flip side, like if my kid came up to me and was like, yo mama, give me a cookie. I'd be like, uh, excuse me. (laughs) Like, uh, why are you talking to me like that? And I think it's because, okay, so I've been like processing this. I think it's because 
they're five, like they know better than to talk to me like yeah. that. If they were one or two and, you know, like, give me a cookie. Like we expect that from a one or two right. year old because, right. and so then I just was like processing this and Taylor and I were talking through it and kind of the conclusion we came to is our, our prayer life should be growing in maturity just like everything else yeah, in our life. For sure. Just like our study of the Bible, just like our relationships with one another, just like everything should be being sanctified to being more like Jesus. And so what Taylor kept saying, and I think is really good is like, pray how with what you have, pray mm-hmm. with what you've got, pray with what you've got. And if you're a new believer and you're like, all I can do right now is just ask God, or all I can do right now is like, bring my lament to him. Like, that's wonderful. God mm-hmm. wants that. Like he is a loving father. As we see, that's the first words of this prayer. But as we grow in our understanding of who God is, and as we know more about his attributes, then we're able to praise him for those things. Yep. And so I think as we're going through this, there is kind of this tension of like, yes, you can say whatever you want to God, which to me, I'm like, oh, that makes him seem so small. You know, like I think there needs to be reverence and, yeah. and yeah. awe and praise in your prayer. And I think it's just kind of walking in that tension of there's no legalistic way to pray. There's no like technically there's no wrong way to pray. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But also the more, you know, the more you should take those tools that, you know, mm-hmm. and those things that you know about God and incorporate those into your prayer mm-hmm. life. So, so pray with what you've got as yeah. my husband would oh, say. Yeah. yeah. And there's a reason, I mean, there's a reason Jesus gave us this framework. Right. And so when you, uh, like we talk about with, everything with the Ten Commandments and just all of these things that he's laid out in front of us. There's a reason it's because that is what is best for Mm -hmm, us, mm -hmm. but we're not going to live that out perfectly and that's okay. There's grace for that and and that's okay. So yeah, I like that. Pray with what you got. Good job, Taylor. Good (laughs) job, babe. All right. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this is Jesus saying that we are to say, God, you are king and I want you to reign in my life. Um, It's when we surrender and we say, I don't want what I want, but I want what you want, God. Um, This is not us enacting his will. We don't get to do that. Um, He doesn't need our permission. Mm -hmm, (laughs) He is sovereign and his will will be done. But this is just us kind of like reflecting that that's where our heart is. Us saying, God, my desire is what your desire is. That's really good. I think, too, I've heard this a couple different ways. I've heard it like what you're saying. And then I've also heard it as saying, like, bring heaven here on earth. Yes, like, I've heard we it We don't like want to wait until we get yeah. there. Like, make mm-hmm. your kingdom be here on earth yeah. just as it is in heaven. And this is the first time we're seeing that petition, right? So we went from praise into petition. And I think a lot of times when I think about petition, I think about, like, God, give me this or mm-hmm. fix this or whatever. But mm-hmm. this, this is also petition. This is like holy petition, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's for God and that, um, it's a good place to kind of transition into petition from. And I read this quote, um, it was from a gospel coalition article and it says, it's just like reflecting on this particular verse of the prayer. It says, who is sitting on the throne of your heart? If you're still sitting there, then he's not hallowed. He's not holy. He's not set apart. If the approval of others, like we were just talking about, yep. is sitting on the throne of your heart, if it's pride, if it's lust, which are other things that Jesus talked about mm-hmm. earlier in chapter five, mm-hmm. if there's anything else sitting on the throne of your heart, then he's not hallowed in it. So it's a good reminder for us that we're saying, God, it's his kingdom. He's the one on the throne. He's the one who brings his kingdom here. And if anything else 
is our focus or is our idol or if we're making anything else on that throne, then we're we're not really asking for his kingdom to come. Right. We're Mm -hmm. asking for my comfort to come or we're asking for this sickness to go away, Mm. which is fine to bring those requests to the Lord. But if we're putting that on the throne, then we're not lifting God to his right place. That's good. I feel like that really puts it in perspective, thinking about what's on the throne of your heart. Yeah. That's the kingdom you're going to be asking for. Right. Exactly. That's good. So verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. And um, this is a good reminder if we think back to chapter 5 when Jesus was saying we are to hunger and thirst for righteousness. So um, this isn't just about physical need, but it is and it isn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, well, I think it's good. Like we saw that kind of that swing of petition, right? So we, there was petition mm-hmm. for God's kingdom and then there is petition for physical needs. Right. Like you're saying, right. God wants us to come to him with all of it, all of it. And that sometimes looks like, like, Lord, I need your provision, whether that's, you know, what that's for. I need your provision for shelter. I need your provision mm-hmm. for comfort. I need your provision for food. I need your provision for healing, whatever it is like that we can come to God with that. And I particularly really like this verse because it's pulling on past biblical knowledge. So he's referring to like the Israelites when they relied on God for manna every day. Mm -hmm. And so God told them like, don't collect up extra manna for the next day. I will provide for you Daily. 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 And that's the same for us. It says daily bread. And do you ever think about us? We were reading this story to our girls the other night and I was thinking about it. Do you ever think about how long 40 years is? Like we're not even 40 years Mm. old. No. Like we still got a ways to 40. Like so our whole life plus some, they had to rely on God every single day for the manna. Yeah. It just, I don't know, it just puts it in perspective. Like, that's a long time. Well, it's good for us to remember that we technically depend on God for provision yeah, every single every day. Yeah, every single we day. We don't always recognize we don't it, always especially recognize it. in mm-hmm. the culture and country and yeah. that we live in, yeah. which we're so blessed to live in, but we don't, we don't necessarily feel that utter dependence mm-hmm. until we stop and remember that everything we have is because of him and yeah. from him and for him and through him and all of that. And so mm-hmm. it is, it's a good reminder for us to... To just even say those words, like give us this day our daily bread. We're not necessarily talking about specific bread, especially not me, but <laughs> just reminding ourselves that like everything we have is from yes. him. He provides and he sustains. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And so this is um, reminding ourselves to humble ourselves before the Lord and confessing our need for a savior. Savior. I recently heard someone say that even if I was the only person on earth, my sin would still be so great that Jesus would still have to die for me. Mm. And to me, that really put it in perspective. I think especially as women, we fall into that comparison game um, and we think, oh, at least I didn't do such and such that so-and-so did. But the truth is that even um, if I feel like my sin isn't as bad as so-and-so's, it's still sin. And um, like in Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we need to confess and ask for forgiveness of our sins. And in turn, and um, as a reflection of Christ's love that he gives to us, we are able to offer that same grace and that same forgiveness to others. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I mean, I think I fall into that really, really often. I, th- I just, I forget how bad my sin actually is. Yeah. And even if I was the only person, Christ still would have had to die for me. Yeah, yeah. So That's yeah. a really good, uh, 
like harsh reminder. <laughs> it is. It is because it's like it's easy to think, oh yeah, he died for those murders and he died mm. or even collective sin. Right. Like right. all of our sin together is so bad that yeah. Jesus had to die for for all of us. Right. No, like even if I was the only person mm-hmm. on earth, like I would go to hell mm-hmm. without Jesus coming to die for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Whew. And then verse 13, (laughs) and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A lot of times I feel like 12 and 13, we kind of put together, but I was reading, um, and it was talking about we, as we look through the, the Lord's prayer, there's, you know, the opening, which is the praise. And then we read about six different petitions. And this, this note was saying that three of them, um, are about the preeminence of God. And then three of them are more focused on like the personal needs. So give us this day, our daily bread, forgive us our sins and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because we saw a similar mm-hmm. Casey brought up the point. We saw a similar division in the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes, which was a similar division as the 10 commandments. Yes. And so it's a reminder that it's always God first. Uh-huh. It's always about him and who he is and praising him and giving him the honor and glory. And then, we can focus on yeah. our needs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like that. I think um, just an important note, which we talked about this in chapter four, when we see where G- the um, temptation of Jesus, but just reminding us like God is not, not the one who ever tempts. Like we see that in James, God does not tempt people. And, and even we see that in the verbiage here lead us not into temptation, yeah. but deliver us from evil. Um, so this is this is a prayer for protection, um, a prayer for guidance to, you know, stay on the right path. And and in praying that we not be led into temptation, we're recognizing that this is a possibility mm-hmm. like yeah. that temptation is real. It's a real thing. Because if you're like me, um, I don't know if this has to do with my sevenness or what. But if you're like me, you just like want everything to be happy and fun and cupcakes and rainbows, as my husband likes to say, and just like pretend like there isn't real temptation yeah. or real enemy out there. And um, I've mentioned it on here that the girls and I are going through some doctrine stuff with them, some theology stuff, and they they are so confused by this concept, which makes me really have to like try to study it to be able to explain it to them of like, how does, how does the enemy tempt us and like all that kind of stuff. And it's really been forcing me to recognize like, this is a real thing. There Uh is a real enemy. There is real temptation. Um, but that, you know, God always offers a way as scripture tells us, God always offers a way out of that, but just recognizing it helps is the first step to resisting temptation. Mm -hmm. Not by our own power, but on our dependence on God's power so that we can endure through that. So I thought it was just a good kind of like ending almost to uh-huh. the prayer of being yeah. like, hey, this is real. This is real. Yeah. Remember, mm-hmm. you know, and be yeah. aware and even better, pray about it. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> which should be our first step in it our line be. of defense. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of you might have memorized um, the Lord's Prayer with this ending. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. Um, but it's actually not included in many of the more modern translations. And from what I understand, some early manuscripts included it and some did not. So um, I need to do more studying. And we both talked about before how like um, we want to study a little bit more on how the canon was put together and all of that. But um, either way, I like it because I think the meaning behind what Mm -hmm. it's saying is very, very biblical. And it's a good reminder of God's sovereignty and power and just declaring that everything we do is for God's glory alone. 
Yeah. I feel so. like it's it's like a good ending. It's a good ending. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think, think it's, it's good. I think it is. <laughs> so just kind of to recap, we talked about how the Lord's Prayer, we see this praise and petition, which naturally leads to confession, and that we can all be encouraged by... Um, the fact that Jesus was teaching his disciples this and that we get to learn from that. Not only like Casey was saying, not only does it teach it, but he also examples it for us later. And so I, I think maybe the way we end this episode is we just in, give you guys the encouragement to throughout this next week. You know, we talked about trying to memorize the Lord's prayer leading up to this. And then maybe throughout the next week or so, like really just focusing on your own prayer life and not saying that you have to say this verbatim or anything like that, but taking this idea of starting your prayers with praise and then, you know, petition and confession and all of these things, just like Jesus showed us. I, what I find really helpful is taking kind of phrase by phrase like we did and then paraphrasing it into Mm -hmm. whatever my prayer is at that time. So like I might say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you know, today we have this big doctor's appointment and I really am just trusting you, God, that whatever happens that you are faithful and you are providing and everything is from you. And so kind of just taking phrase by phrase and then applying it to whatever you're praying about. I I have found that helpful. Yeah, that's very practical. Yeah, that's very helpful. And that's kind of what I've been doing too, just in my head. Um, we taught on this this summer as well. And, um, yeah, it's been helpful to just kind of replace those things with what's going on in my life right at that moment. So yeah, it's good. Awesome. Okay. Memory verse for next week is chapter six, verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.